Welcome to episode 71 of the Two on Three podcast, where this week, three of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. Joining us tonight in the three-man booth is the co-host of the Our Liner Notes podcast, the co-host of the How Was Your Week Honey podcast, and the host of Speak Out Penticton coming to us <laughs> live from Western Canada. It's Chris Meyer. Say hello and tell us where else to find you on the internet, Chris. Well, hello, guys, and thanks for having me. This has uh, been looking forward to this. Uh, you can find me uh, championing the metric system and defending my musical opinions from Ty uh, at Chris Meyer, BC, Meyer, M-A-I-E-R. Thank you for joining us. I felt like I really had to give you your, uh, your propers there up front because <laughs> you, you, you're just a man of many talents. You've done your research. <laughs> you're famous. That's why. <laughs> There's only like a handful of famous Canadians. So we, we keep track of all of them. So it's like Beaver, Bieber, Celine Dion, and me. <laughs> Do you, well, we still keep track of Mike Myers these days, right? Like Ryan Reynolds. Kids. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Well, I'm Ty, and you can find me marking the passage of time at SEATJK. And with me, as always, is also Chris. Where can we find you tweeting about Kevin Durant's possible season-ending injury, Chris? You can find me on Twitter at CD Villasenor. And uh, we only get Chris's to come guest on here. Like That's There's like, a, like an occasional Matt... And then nothing but Chris's. Right. I only know people named Chris and Matt. <laughs> okay. Well, fun fact for you guys. The number one name in the 70s was Matt and the number two name was Chris. So there. So I think it might have to do with our age demographic. There we go. Well, I'm named after a virulent racist. According to my father, I'm named after Ty Cobb. Oh, no. <laughs> Baseball legend. Apparently, the other option was Bo. So I think I got lucky here. Yeah. yeah I think. Yeah, you might have dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, if my name was Bo, you guys would know me as Jake. <laughs> my middle name is Jacob, and I would absolutely be Jake. All right, well, interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod, or hit us up via email at holla, holla. at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. Well, as we've talked about, we've got a double dose of Chris tonight, um, and I have a theory. And it's a music-adjacent theory, which is why we brought in our music expert to join us for the show tonight. So we'll start with talking about an exploration on the passage of time and how music and media shapes that perception. In segment two, we'll move on to talk more shit about our neighbors and more about our fear of a more unified society. And we'll close up shop by floating in a milk bath and putting on our precog headbands as we try to predict future celebrity crimes. Dejawa is all over the map this week, and in the OT, it's been warm lately here in the Northwest, so we're going to talk about bearing some skin in the workplace. No witty rejoinder from me this evening, gentlemen, so uh, let's get to it, shall we? Let's do it. All right, so this is a thing that I think about all the time, which is the relationship of 2019 to, like, 2003, right? Like, like 2019 is to 2003 as 1999 is to uh, 1983, which you know seems crazy, right? When you say it like that, especially right. to us who we're living we're living through it. And like just tonight, the Bucks polished off the polished off the Celtics to head to the Eastern Finals. I recalled a tweet that I had sent a few years ago about the Bucks possibly coming to Seattle. I figured that tweet was probably like two and a half to three years old. And when I looked it up on my own feed, I found that it's four and a half years old. So my perception of time is broken. And I wanted to talk to you guys because I had a little bit of a theory about this. Um, and it's because the past seems closer. Although your perception of time as an adult is going by faster, it also makes things in the past seem closer to you today, right? That's kind of what I'm getting at. And I started to wonder if it's music that makes a contribution to that by being a bit fixed in what I would consider modernity at this point. Um, the, the song that prompted this for, to think, for me to think about this originally was Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. I'm sure you remember that hit. Um, and it came out in... 2006. I think you'd probably consider that a modern song, right? It doesn't sound dated. If it, I think if it came out today, it would probably still be as successful. But it's 13 years old. And to put that in perspective, that's a year before we even had an iPhone. So right. at that point, we were still doing iPods. I want So talk to me first about... I mean, I think everybody agrees that perception of time kind of passes the way maybe I've, uh, I've, I've outlined it. But do you agree with me that music has not significantly progressed from a a modernization in, in the last almost 20 years now. It's almost the same. Like, help me out. I, I agree with you on it. And I, I have a few theories maybe as to why. Um, and we talk about this a lot, actually, in our liner notes. A lot of older or middle-aged guys come on, and we have this <laughs> conversation quite regularly. And I think 
one of the one of the reasons that you feel that way is um, you've talked about before about the the non-existence of the monoculture, right? Mm-hmm. The music's really shattered and all over the place. And so I think because everyone's kind of free to create music and do as they please, all those different influences are, are in music now all at once. And there's no record companies or anything that are capitalizing on the latest hot sound that are trying to push that as the next thing and then getting all your second and third wave until the new stuff comes along to push that instead. Yeah, so the cycle in a sense is broken. Like when we were kids, there, were, there was definitely a cycle of, hey, here's where the ripple starts and then they milk it for all it's worth and then they need to start a new ripple, right? And it's funny that you think about that because, you know, as I'm approaching... 50. If I think 25, when I was 25, you know, that if I cut my life in half, like it's not much different than it, it was, it doesn't seem much different. Like 1995 doesn't seem so much different than 2019 to me. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, or 1994 or whatever, mm-hmm. when I was 25. I mean, we, we still have all the same things that we love. I mean, the most famous, you know, most of the famous people in our culture were famous 25 years ago. But I mean, that's a, a new, that's kind of a new thing. Though, it's right? kind of a new thing. Um, you know, there's, there's this, what's funny is if I think about 30 years ago, you know, like something like 1989, I mean, who in 1989 listened to music from 1959? Well, yeah, but that's, that's, that's what well, I'm getting at, right? That's Isn't what I'm it? saying. Like nobody, but right. nobody, but how many people know music from 1989? I mean, everybody, my kids, my kids can sing you songs that were, you know, written in 1989, it still exists for us. And, and, and maybe it has to do with us as adults who are carrying that stuff with us more. I mean, we're able to carry it with us. You know, our, my folks weren't able to carry music with them, right? Uh-huh. We didn't, they, they had to turn on a record player. They had to turn on, they had to, God forbid, like an eight track tape player in your car. My dad didn't have cassettes. He never bought cassettes of all the, the, the music he liked. So it was never, you know, the radio in the car was always tuned to the kids. I mean, it was always tuned to me or my brother and sister. I mean, so, and then we have taken that music and we carry it along with us. So anytime something happens, we throw music on. It's our music. And so our kids, our kids are exposed to that on a, on a daily basis. Uh-huh. So it might be us <laughs> trapped in our own, little, <laughs> our own little time bubble that we, that we can carry close with us. It's an interesting thought, though, but it, it makes it go by fast because you're saying, "Oh, I really like that song." That song's from 1993. <laughs> right. Like, oh, and you bring yeah. up a point that I hadn't really considered, which is that I do have a device in my pocket, and I play. So I used to sing to the girls all the time when they were younger. I, I don't sing quite as much anymore now. I play them a lot of music as they go to bed, um, but I can pull out my phone and play literally any modern song of any type from you know from 10 to 20 years before I was born all the way until today. Right. And so lately I've been mixing in um, a tribe called Quest. Like there's just I've been trying to find all of the sort of jazzy hip hop that doesn't have swears. That kind of is like good wind down music for them just to kind of get them exposed to that, because that's the kind of thing that doesn't really exist anymore. And so that to me has been important to preserve in there. I want them. I don't because. Uh, not to sidebar us onto mumblecore rap, but I'm not interested in, in hip hop that's on the radio right now. Other than Old Town Road, that that, that slaps. <laughs> really, you're into Old Town Road? I love it. I love it. I can't <laughs> I'll play it over and over again. And then they're getting all their dimes from their streams right off my back. <laughs> Another thing I thought of though, when you talk about um, you know the Gnarls Barkley song crazy and saying well i can't believe that was 13 years ago i think the other thing that happens with music as you get older is music when you're 12 to say 21 is all intrinsically linked to memories and first first girls first car first moments first day of class etc as you get older you have no milestone markers with which to go oh right i remember that track like I was talking to my wife about this earlier and she's like, at this point, the last 15 years is before kids after kids. And that's the only marker that we really have as far as when did that song come out and how old is it? That's a good point. I remember, uh, as we think about music markers, I definitely am able to recall things that are like right after I got married and before we had children. Like I, I I'm very familiar with like everything from 08 to like 2010 and 
but you're, uh, you you make a good point. That's another thing that I was definitely thinking about is that you get trapped in adulthood because your life is just the same all the time because you have to go to work every day and nothing changes, especially like recent music. Like there's songs that come out and I'm like, oh, that's like six months old. And it's like three and a half years have gone by since that song was popular. And that's actually what I wanted to do with the last little bit of time on this segment. Unless, Phil, you had anything else to add on, uh, on the No, topic. just, I mean, just a uh, thought about somebody like Robert Downey Jr. who the first time I saw him was like in 1985, like in weird science. And, and now, and you know, every kid knows who Robert Downey Jr. is still right. Like, all these years later. I mean, it's funny. Like the, the, again, the length of celebrities, their celebrities have this, this way of reinventing themselves and getting used again. And it, it powers the nostalgia machine to see Robert Downey Jr. Because we've, we've had Robert Downey Jr. around for, you know, 35 years. Right. I mean, it's a, so it's, but now the kid, now every kid still knows who he is and he's going to mean something to those kids 20 years from now. If he decides to continue to act, he'll be, you know, he'll be somebody. So well, it's, it's, Beyonce's it's a, in like the 22nd year of her career as a chart topping <laughs> artist. Wow. Yeah. And that was a rare, rare thing. There would be like two or three or four acts that would go for more than a decade. That was like it was a miracle. If you had a twenty-year music career, you were doing something amazing. And now it's more and more the norm. So to illustrate that point, as we start to wrap up the segment, I wanted to quiz you guys on some of the most popular songs songs from the two thousands and see if you could guess what year they came out. I'm gonna start with what I think is a relatively easy one. Hey ya by Outcast. Oh my god. Best guess. Let's not spend a lot of time thinking about it. Two thousand two. Um, well, that's a good guess. Um, I'm trying to put it where my kids, 2004. All right. It's 2003. (laughs) (laughs) So not bad. Not bad. So I thought that one was pretty easy. Um, that's the easy one. That's the easy one. (laughs) Oh yeah. You you don't want to, you want me to do Maria Maria by Santana. (laughs) Oh my God. I spent 10 weeks at number one. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, one. I'm trying to think of, um, Rob Thomas, when were they popular? Um, <laughs> oh, that was like 99, I think. No, all right, 2005. Uh, the answer is 2000. Really? Yeah, that Santana record came out, I believe, in the summer of 99. Yeah, that sounds right. I was working in the music department at that time, so I have a, I have a pretty solid memory of that album. Okay. Uh, the last big hit from Janet Jackson... All for you. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? I I lost track of Janet Jackson after uh, that you girlfriend all song. For you. Seven weeks at number one. What? Wow. No clue. It's all um, for you. You can really have so. <laughs> I knew this was going to happen. Well, I'm going to cut uh, the time frame in half and say 2009. I have no. I'm going to not guess. All right. Um, that's all I, the way back in 01. Oh wow. All right, something a little bit more recent here. Uh, I want to do a couple more before we wrap it up. Um, so I had it right in front of me here, and now I've lost it. Where'd it go? No. Uh, Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado featuring Timbaland. You remember that song, <laughs> Promiscuous Girl? She's Canadian, so I should know I, Right, I know, there I we go. Just for you. <laughs> Promiscuous is uh, 06. Wait, she, had, she had hits? After I'm like a bird. <laughs> she had one. 06 is correct. Is 06 it? was correct? Yeah, six weeks at number one in 06. Wow. And one more. Making uh, Canada proud. <laughs> Crank that Soldier Boy. <laughs> How long have people been doing that Soldier Boy dance? Exactly. Seven um, weeks at number one. Um, let's see. I remember that terrible basketball coach doing the soldier boy uh 2002 2000 soldier boy is 2007 really wow. yeah all right i said last one but here's the actual last one because i didn't <laughs> say this one uh empire state of mind by jay-z featuring alicia keys mm. everywhere but only number one on the charts for five weeks i like that song empire state of mind it's, that's fairly recent because I remember her like singing on some award show. Uh, 11. 09. 20, 09 is correct. Exactly. 10 years Man. Ago. 
You are you are really good at this. <laughs> my hands are, are not on my device. My phone, I mean. So I like no it. cheating. Good right. for you. Good job. Good job. I'm very uh, impressed. I have a whole Thank bunch you. from the teens too that we could do if you want, but uh, we should probably move on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Chris, since you're on the show tonight, um, I, I should probably specify. <laughs> Can, Canadian, I knew, Chris. I knew who you meant. I knew who you meant. Uh, I want to ask you about something that I think is a huge part of the problem that we have with, I don't want to call it politics, but just society in the United States in particular, and, and Western society generally, I think, is that back before we were all sort of disconnected by our technology you know what i mean and when i say that right we're, we're connected but but disconnected right you sort of only have to be friends with the people you want to be friends with where proximity used to have to play a lot into your social life more so than it does today right i think that that's a really big problem with sort of our sense of community and 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 service overall and and kind of cohesiveness of of being a nation and and a lot of this discord comes from this amplification device that that we've all you know, had in our hands for the better part of uh, 15 years now. But I also do not want to live in a world where it's reasonable for someone to like, just come knock on my door and I have to like deal with that and be nice to them about it. Like, <laughs> I actually feel guilty because we have on our, on our storm door, like no soliciting beware of dog. And I really want to put a sign up that says like children fundraising. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when they come up like, you know, if you're selling cookies or, or raising money for the football team, you're fine. fine. Yeah, but like if you're an adult or you're selling something, don't ring my motherfucking doorbell. <laughs> so I am terrified of the neighborly pop by. And maybe that's because when I was a younger man, I was, um, I like to smoke a lot of weed and then you get paranoid and I didn't want people knocking on the door and freak out, right? So, <laughs> but as a Canadian, I wanted to ask you, do you, is it different in Canada? It, it, it does feel less div- divisive in Canada, although I do, I do know you have your nut, your nut jobs as well. Yeah, no, we're not quite as divided as you guys. I mean, there, I'm sure we have our issues in that. It's not as divisive. But in this particular topic you're talking about, when it comes to my doorbell rings, I pretty much shut down everything. I turn the TV off, lights out. I'm behind <laughs> the couch. I do not want to deal with people coming to my door. And I'm familiar with my neighbors. Like I, I, I know my neighbors by name. None of them are under the age of 75. And so they're still very much in that old mentality of two o'clock in the afternoon because I thought of something to talk to you about. I should come to your door and let's have a chat. My one neighbor, uh, she used to make gluten-free bread, otherwise known as rocks. And she would, <laughs> she would happily bring us these, these cinnamon buns at, you know, again, three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon while I was just trying to relax and watch a baseball game. And so, yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying about uh, not wanting to have to deal with the outside world. And I also think that might be because of time. Like, we're we're a lot busier now, or at least we, I, I think we are. With, with stuff. No, you don't think so? actually true. I'm like, I, I hear this a lot, but I'm with you. Okay, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. I, I find that my time is, is very much scheduled. I, I know what I'm doing at any given time of any day, and then that interruption is disrupting that schedule of of now I have to deal with this when I was trying to do something else in that allotted time. I definitely agree with the fact that the, the evenings, especially when you have two children, like, like we do, uh, like we all do, um, your evenings are very structured and you have a certain set of things that have to get done in in a really like a three hour window. If you're lucky three hours, maybe two, two and a half, depending on what your life is like. Um, I know, uh, Billy, you probably have even tighter time constraints because you've got like the after school activities. I mean, not that you, I know you guys have the dance and everything, Chris, but, uh, you know, my kids are young enough that it, I'm just trying to get them fed and bathed most times. So, sure. You know, and yeah. I certainly don't have any interest in, in like, I'm friendly with the neighbors. We've talked about this before on our show, but I don't want to be friends. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. The, the, you know, the, you know, you're going to trade one for another as they get older, right? Some things, you don't have to worry about some things, and you'll take on other things. But this is the time of year that my neighborhood actually gets kind of fun because there are a lot of people just milling about in the street, walking dogs, hanging out. So it's easy to for me, well, since our house is well up off the street, it's easy for me to get down to the street and just, and you could find someone to chat with if you wanted to. I mean, that's there's just a lot going on this time of the year once the weather gets nice. Sure. Like when the weather's terrible, no one's, <laughs> my neighborhood's a ghost town and it should be. But, um, but my son now is friends with two of the neighbor girls. Uh, they, they're all about the same age. Um, 
<laughs> he doesn't see them that way. He doesn't see them in a romantic sense. Yeah. But one girl has a trampoline, and the other girl has like a dog. So it's like, you know, it's a, they have they have things that we don't have. For sure. But I think it's kind of cool. And, they, and again, this is the the door is open for kids. But I think it's totally cool when one of those two they come up the driveway, they knock on the door, and say, "Hey, it's, can he come out and play?" And like, "Yeah, hang hang out here." And you know, I'll yell for him, and then he'll 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 come on down, and they'll and then they'll dash off and run off into the neighborhood. And I think that is awesome. I'm, I'm so glad we have that in our neighborhood. But to contrast that, we were doing a bunch of we were rebooting the front yard at our house, so we're ripping a bunch of stuff out. We had some. Did you dig up over. those dead bodies? <laughs> dig up the. We finally did. Yes, we got rid of the graves. The open the the shallow graves are now hidden, but the I need to plant some grass. But the, uh, but um, so we had this crew of three dudes ripping out the yard, and this and you know my wife is walking my son down the down the uh, down the driveway to go to school, and this neighbor this older neighbor comes strolling up our driveway and walks right past her and she's like excuse me <laughs> you know and he's like you know what what do you what do you, do you need something and he's like well i wanted to talk to the i wanted to see if these this crew could do some stuff for me after they were done with yours i'm like okay whatever so she rounded back with the crew and said hey did that guy ask you if you could do a prop uh, a uh a, uh, a project for him. He says, no, he just pointed about the, a bunch of the trees that you had and said, you're not going to rip these out. Are you? I'm like, well, what's up? What's his business here? If I want to rip out my trees, I will rip them out, pal. You stroll up my driveway and talk to the, the people I've hired to work on my yard and like ask them questions about my yard. Get the fuck out of here. I was, like, <laughs> I was I was incensed. I was like, "Which dude is it?" I'm going to walk down the street and yell at him. I'm like, "Stay off my yard." He Jack. came with the plausible deniability too because that's something I've done when I that's how I got our landscaper is I saw him coming around to the house next door and I went over there while he was working. And I was like, "Hey, when you're done, why don't you come over here and talk to me about what I need done?" Yeah. And and now you're talking about the terror of the neighbors because uh, my friend Chris, <laughs> who's also guested on this show before, uh, his neighbors they have like a, a flower bed like we're well, not flower bed like a just a, a planter bed of t- of I don't know bushes Forks and there and used stuff. to be a tree in it it's on the neighbor's property um, but it's like on the other side of it, it but it, it feels like it's in their yard right when you're in their yard because the houses are like on a, a tier on the hill right so they're all going like this um if you're listening i'm, I'm making steps with my hands <laughs> like this <laughs> uh, and they waited the neighbors waited until chris and his wife and his kids were out of town and like cut down the big tree that separated that, that gave them the privacy from the neighbors who are again above them right so we were over there and now those neighbors are like omnipresent if you're in the backyard because there's nothing blocking you from being able to see what they're doing and they were having like some sort of a brush for burning fire and so we all went home smelling like campfire and see neighbors are, are terrible this is my point <laughs> see i've got neighbors across the street from me that they're very very kind I'll, I'll walk out of the house one morning and and the older gentleman is trimming my grapevine and I'm, I'm walking down the driveway to go to work, and he tips the cap, and good morning, and just turns around and keeps clipping my grapevine. That, that's kind of great. But at the same time, if we go away for any length of time, I don't care if it's for the day, for the weekend, for a week, when we come back, those neighbors are over here within an hour, and they have the full rundown of anybody who's been at our door, in our yard, if deer have come by. And so I'm I'm a little creeped out that do they just sit there and watch our house two four seven is that is that what's going on? I want the window situation. I mm. want to know I want to know what notes they have on you. That's what I mean. That's what, let's 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 uh, let's break into their house and like and open up their notebook. Oh look the they they uh, they went out they left they were gone for a while. I wonder where they were at. They came back with groceries. <laughs> you know, They've got a full. They've got a full surveillance rundown on you at all times. It's just you know a what's dot- going on in your house on Saturday nights, right? It's just a dossier that says your shitty life. <laughs> right. Like our life is so boring. We have to watch the neighbors' lives and like live live a little. <laughs> I do want to loop back and make sure that there is definitely an exception for children. Our, our our girls are friends with the, the the backyard neighbors and then the cross the street neighbors, and it's great because we have a play structure in our yard, and, and the kids come over and. 
my wife has become fairly friendly with the, the woman across the street and they seem like they're nice enough people. Um, we've been over to their house. They've been over to ours. It's, you know, I don't know that we're going to be tight, but we can definitely be somewhere in that, that middle zone. And, and that's Neighborly. nice to have. Yeah. Right. You want to know your neighbors, right? Because that actually brings security to your community. And again, this goes back to my original point, which is I think we need more of this. It just seems and sounds terrible. So I do like, need, I do need to find some woman to bring pastries over to me. I don't know what you're <laughs> complaining about. I, don't, I mean, if she could, I mean, even if they're gluten-free cinnamon buns, I, I, you know, whatever I say, bring them over. I'm down with the pastry delivery. You can, other than that. Yeah. Beat it. But uh, yeah, if you're bringing, if you're bringing baked sweets, I'm down. The little boy down the street brought some, uh, brought a tray of, of pink rice crispy treats to my older daughter for Valentine's Day. Because he loves her? I guess. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> that was the, that guy, that's, that kid is, uh, I, I've talked about on the show after Halloween, his dad was the dude that knew like ev- everyone's business in the neighborhood. Like, oh, that's mm-hmm. such and such person. And that's such and like, you're, you're, you're freaking me out that you know everybody's names and what they're doing all the time. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate the perspective, gentlemen. All right, lastly, I wanted to dip into... Uh, this came from a tweet that I saw weeks ago and saved to our um, our show rundown that we never got around to. Uh, it happened shortly after uh, Operation Varsity Blues became common knowledge and, and Lori Laughlin got popped in the uh, uh, college admission scandal. And so the tweet was basically... It said this. It's 1989. You're told that in 30 years, three out of these... Four, three out of four of these stars will have been criminally charged, and one will be the president, facing possible criminal charges. Well, I, I, I don't want to get into that. Sorry, I was about to digress, and I'm just going to stop. Uh, how do you how do you choose? And the four people in the tweet were Trump, obviously, then OJ, Lori Loughlin, and Bill Cosby. And I don't necessarily want to dissect this particular tweet because it seems rather fraught for obvious reasons. But I wanted to ask you guys. If you were to do this tweet now and you were trying to actually predict it 30 years in the future, so in 2049, what celebrities would be most likely, from your perspective, to become possible criminals? These are good these are good questions. My first one that I'm gonna that I'm gonna the float out here is I think this is a this is a layup, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber is going to be a convicted murderer. He's going to murder somebody by wow. the time he's fifty or so, and not and not because he's malicious, but because you know, no one's told this kid no for the at least the last decade or so. He's you know he's gonna his career's going to be on hard rocks. He's gonna he's going to be broke, and he's he's going to kill somebody. It's just. I don't know. It's just a given. I don't, I, I'm right so, for the Canadian jugular, right? Off the I'm, so, I'm so very, I'm so very sure of this. You're painting like a Sid and Nancy kind of scenario there. Definitely. Well, yeah. He's just, he's just, he's in for a hard crash. I hope he works it. I hope it works out for him. But I'm not going to be shocked. Well, I, I had another one in in the music vein, um, but I went opposite to Bieber. Sometimes it's a celebrity that's so squeaky clean. That you just know there's something in the closet somewhere on down the road that's going to come out. And so I, went, I picked Taylor Swift. Your I wife could... is coming downstairs right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> she's coming down. She's coming down to beat you now. Second reason I picked her. <laughs> but it, it's going to be something huge. Like, I, I, I put down uh, uh, sex trafficking of celebrities. I think that's why she has such a, a massive circle of people. She has this, I'm going to do something for you, and then you got to do something for me. I'll put you over. But... You know, you got to be available to like high-priced business guys to take you out on a date, and then she's going to go down for that. I like. I had her jotted down for president. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be one or the other. <laughs> that's that's where all roads lead for Taylor. It's like, uh, or maybe both. I don't know. You could, you know, whatever. It seems to be the way you guys do things. That's how that's how we roll. Get rich, get powerful, traffic people. I mean, you know, it's, it's deal in politics. It's all it's all the natural order of things. Well, my first criminal is Boston's own Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> really? What is, what's what's Marky Mark going to get busted on? Well, first of all, he's already a criminal, if you recall. Right. He did. Uh, he did do. He do. He did do a little youthful uh, gang banging. He. I mean. 
he beat up some Vietnamese Asian Americans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's not funny. I'm not <laughs> laughing at that. I'm uh, laughing at recalling the, the story. That was that was when he was you know on the on the wild side with the Funky Bunch. Right. <laughs> but my my prediction for Mark has more to do with the fact that as a I don't know what do you think he is forty five pushing fifty yeah he doesn't seem to have matured much the things he says in the media are still very much like very broy and the kind of shit you would expect to hear from like a guy in his early 20s mm. and that's what leads me to believe that mark is going to hit somebody else again <laughs> sometime in the next 10 years he's going to punch somebody he's just going to punch somebody yeah yeah he's just going to someone's going he's going to be not famous anymore and someone's going to i mean there's so many like things you could say to rile mark Wahlberg up about his career not that he's had a bad career but I mean, dudes like Alec Baldwin punch photographers and stuff all the time. That Why are we so forgiving of celebrity crime? Uh, well, I mean, this is because you know, punching punching paparazzi is like jaywalking. It's not a. It's not really a. It's, not, <laughs> it's people, relatable, right? If you've seen what it's like, you're like, get off me! I just, I just trying to go to the right aid. To right, get my, right. My my foot cream or my foot powder <laughs> and my butt cream. Get out of the way. <laughs> right. I mean, going yeah. back to your thing about the neighbors, could you imagine having that? intrusive neighbor experience everywhere you go every minute of the day no no that's why but that's why celebrities make all that money right the uh sidebar on marky mark i'm a little disappointed that the new royal baby isn't marky markle mountbatten windsor (laughs) (laughs) i was rooting for marky markle and it didn't happen is the child's name actually archie like archie it's not archibald Nope. No, I think it's Archie. Anyway. I don't understand that logic. If you're going to give a child a nickname, why not just give the child the whole name? Marky Markle. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to step on your joke. I don't know. That's that's what I was that's what I was pushing for. Okay, I, I'm going to float this next one. One of the Stranger Things kids. Mm. Which I think, one? I I think it's going to be the the curly haired kid with the no teeth in the first season. He's he's gonna he's gonna end up he's gonna end Dustin? up uh, yeah Dustin he's gonna end up uh, he's gonna end up sort of on drugs um, holding up a liquor store and then uh, showing up on the TMZ looking very very bad. <laughs> I guess. <it's- laughs> mm-hmm. All right, I'm not. Gonna, I, don't, I don't have a good take on that one. I did. That was kind of out of nowhere, but I can see that happening. Okay. Sort of a. You're never going to, like, your look's not going to necessarily mature into what Hollywood is looking for as you right. get older and you're going to fall you're, on hard times. And you're awfully famous right now, and things are going to get difficult for you, child actor. A bit of a Haley Joel Osment, if you will. Right. Maybe, or maybe like a Danny Bonaduce kind of, yeah, kind of a thing where it's like, yeah. Oh, sorry, guys. I'm not old enough to, to remember that. But I do know who Danny Bonaduce is. Right. <laughs> I had one it, like that. Uh, Ian okay. Armitage, the guy that plays young Sheldon. Would, would, fall, <laughs> would fall right into that category. He's only he's only ten, and you figure that you know he's working well now. But in about five to six years, when that precocious cuteness wears off, you know he he's going to end up down and out and Don, Don Danny Bonaduce like. The way I'm laughing so hard is this headline's going to hit. I'm going to go who? Yeah, who is it? The actor who used to play young Sheldon. Oh, oh, he had a name. <laughs> fantastic that's a that's a great call he's set up for one of those where are they now episodes oh totally for sure all right well my next one i think could go either way i think this person could be the president in 20 years or uh behind bars and it's shailene woodley shailene woodley oh it's a bit of a still waters run deep type situation um or as i like to call her (laughs) kristen stewart Remember, I don't know. She, she just seems like she's has the same. She's got the same career arc that Kristen Stewart had. Yeah, but she can act. Ah, that's debatable. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, tomato, tomato. Really? I well, I guess she's not distractingly bad. <laughs> Kristen Stewart actually might be a good nominee for this list. Yes, she might. Have, she might have just made the list. Yeah. Shailen Woodley. Yeah, she seems yeah, like she seems in her interviews to be a little bit perturbed about the whole thing. She's definitely upset about the world, but I there's just there's something unsettling to me about when she's speaking. I find it she, I find her unsettling. I think I I find her ceiling though to be sort of a um Winona Ryder ceiling of crime, which is some some 
shoplifting and some public drunkenness. You know what I mean? I, I'm not gonna put her into. I'm not gonna put her into that that next level of felony. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I've been tricked by the narrative on Big Little Lies that, that she, she could accidentally <laughs> stumble into a murder. I like. I. I think. I, I think you're. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I just. I have her seal. I have her sealing at. Uh, at. Um, easily like uh, community service type stuff. Okay. Like, yeah. Right. Not no hard jail time for her. I don't know. It's funny to try to put young women celebrities into this into this violent crime. It's so much easier this to say. Be oh, violent. Lori well, Lowe I mean, just paid a bunch of people off. Right? Well, that's true. But you know, I mean, you're into stabbing. that stabbing. Yeah. There's a lot of white collar crime out there. That's true. That's true. We oh, actually don't like... prosecute it. I don't know if you're aware. It's not actually illegal. <laughs> or you know, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have called the Allison Mack sex cult. Oh, thing from... that's so sad. That made me upset. <laughs> I was such a big fan of Chloe from Smallville. Yeah, and she's running. She was, you know, second hand in a in a sex cult. I don't even know what. Se- how do I start a sex cult? <laughs> I, I, how does it, How does one even get into the sex cult business? I, I, I don't know. I'm, but maybe you have to be a celebrity. Of that, sorts. And that, that's probably that's probably where where good sex cult leadership starts. Like I'm, I'm moderately famous. Maybe Young Sheldon will start a sex cult. Oh my God, <laughs> under the that might be the episode title. I'll tell you that. <laughs> under the employee of Taylor Swift. Right. All connected. Oh. She's the puppet master. She pulls all the strings. Now I'm wor- worried for Young Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they're just it's just you know we're just headed toward the Hunger Games. I mean, it just makes perfect sense that you know we're going to grab ourselves a a Finnick O'Dare and dangle him in front of all these rich, rich, powerful people. Oh wait, that's not who I meant. Who's the kid? Fight. Which kid? Not not Chalamet. Who was the kid that was nominated for an Oscar? Uh, oh my God! <laughs> Thanks, Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Chalamet. He was. No, he's like in his twenties. I'm thinking of like there was a kid recently that was. Nominated for an Oscar, and oh my god, uh, Jacob Tremblay. There you mm. go. Yeah, got it. Very important that I got that out. <laughs> I'm glad I stepped on whatever point you were making at the end. To, I'll look him up later. That out. Very <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other? Any last? Any last uh, presidential candidates? Or no. I'm totally. Dad? I'm totally down with the. I'm totally down with a Swift ticket in uh, twenty or twenty thirty two. I had a bit of an obvious one. I picked Kanye, but only I was going to pick Kim because she is getting her law degree, which is very important. But I still don't think you guys are ready to elect a woman yet. So I think Kanye gets in by default. That's rough. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think, do you think Kanye, do you think, do you think Kanye has the quote unquote presidential temperament? (laughs) Perfectly. It seems like it lines up with what we're we're dealing with today. Well, I mean, to be honest, Donald Trump doesn't say motherfucker on television all the time, which President Kanye obviously would. Hey, he's just telling it like it is, man. <laughs> it's it's real. <laughs> He'd be like, uh, Kanye would say something like, we're dealing with these motherfuckers from Iran. They'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> like, cut his mic. Cut, cut President Kanye's mic. We can't do this. I don't know. People would love it. They get on those rallies. Mm. He says bull- Trump says bullshit all the time now. Does he like yeah. just on regular TV? Uh, when he in the in the rallies, so uh, it's it's only yeah. on cable. Right. Well, great. All right. Well, seems like a good trans time to transition to jokes as any. So it's uh, we're gonna head to the OT, and that means now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! Before I get started, guest, did you bring a joke? I, I did. Cool, I will wait. You can do it at the end, because first we'll get through the terrible ones I read every week, and then you can chime in with yours. <laughs> do you want to go in front of the killer or after? After. Okay. All right, you're going to be the closer tonight. All right. Uh-huh. So this is a classic dad joke construction that I hate. Dad, will you hand me my sunglasses? Sure, as soon as you hand me my dad glasses, son. <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, I think I want to quit my job. I'd rather clean mirrors for a living. It's just something I can see myself doing. 
It's not even, these aren't even jokes. What are you? <laughs> like a joke. You know, I have a hard time trusting trees. They seem kind of shady. <laughs> I'm glad someone's here to share my pain in real time. This segment. Is, 20, is 2019 over yet? Like, when, when does this calendar run out? Uh, December. <laughs> <laughs> Business is slow these days at the pharmacy. So quiet you could hear a cough drop. <laughs> no? No. Oh, there Damn it, it is. <laughs> I had to sneak one in. Yeah. All right, so I rewrote this one. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to read you my version. Um, how did the criminal... How, sorry. How did the career criminal survive the race war? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the the punchline in my head is not good. It's a very, it's a very bad, it's very bad. I cannot, don't say it. Don't say it. He was a safe cracker. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's definitely not what this joke says. What it says is how was, why was the robber so secure? He was a safe robber. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're working backwards from safe cracker. <laughs> All right, here we All go. Right, last one. Oh, that was only four. No, it's there's six. That was only 12. Shut up. Jokes. <laughs> I like this one, though. What did one eye, sorry, what did the right eye say to the left eye? I really, I really liked you in TLC. <laughs> Between you and me, <laughs> something smells. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's bad. All right, killer, what do you got? All right, here we go. Here's my joke. Hey, I need to get a large singing ensemble. You mean a choir? Okay, I need to acquire a large singing ensemble. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good job. That was pretty good. Thank you. That's all all original material from Mr. (laughs) Vilsenior. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. This this one is, I got from my father, so it is a true dad joke. Um, a bass drum, a snare, and a cymbal fall off a cliff. <laughs> I like that one. All right. Well, that's great. Thank you for contributing. <laughs> You're welcome. I think. Uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about in the OT tonight was that it's been hot lately and i work as you've heard before on the show at a technology organization and what that means is people feel like they can just wear shorts to the office and uh, i'm wildly against this practice i know chris i know you work generally a little bit more outside so it's probably very common for you um and uh, i guess so let me start with the man i think probably agrees with me and get his take first and let's come back to you okay I always agree with him. <laughs> oh, we have a fourth guest joining us for the OT. <laughs> Might as well get on the mic now, Kristen. Yeah, Welcome. Yeah. Come say hello and just quick. Hello. <laughs> you can hear more of Kristen on How Was Your Week, Honey, and sometimes on Our Liner Notes as well. Yes, she is. All right, so V, uh, talk to me about shorts in the office. So... Here's the deal with shorts in the office. I'm generally okay with shorts in the office if you look like you're about ready to go play golf. So you want to go, you want the full commitment. I want a full commitment to a business casual with a nice shorts. Like, but as I work in a technology company, it's always ratty t-shirt and terrible cargo shorts. Where do people even buy cargo shorts anymore? I don't even know. Target. But, but... I was in the elevator yesterday <clears throat> with a gentleman who was not just wearing shorts, but was also wearing flip-flops to work, mm-hmm. and I about sent him home. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who he is, but I was like, sir, really? Is this how you're going to come to work? In ratty t-shirt and terrible cargo shorts and your gross toes, like, hanging out of these nasty flip-flops? And we used to work with a, a young, hip guy back in the day 
who is now a very important person in corporate America. But he always wore like he always looked like he was going to the beach that that day. And we all just sort of rolled our eyes at him. But if you're two or three years out of college, maybe. But if you're a forty year old dude, I'm sorry, I do not your toes are none of my business at business. So that you know, wear shorts, but throw on some shoes. I just you gotta draw the line somewhere. But um I I just can't I just I don't know. It's a it's a place of business. Even if you don't talk to anybody, you have to go to meetings, you have to talk interact with other people. I just don't want to see you in Saturday I'm working in my yard clothes. So this is the argument for the male skirt. Like, what if this dudes we the, just had skirts the, the, the utila kilt <laughs> you, you you know he's seattle utila kilt guy you want oh, him to put on pants i know many <laughs> seattle utila there was a whole society of utila kilt guys at a previous workplace of mine now so chris i know that you you have kind of a more of a physical labor-oriented job you don't just tap 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 away at a keyboard um so i imagine when it's hot you're definitely wearing shorts yeah no there's there's a period of time where the shorts come on and then they never come off until we get to that time in the weather, and then it stops. Now, I was saying to you earlier, I've never actually worked in an office environment. I've never sat in a cubicle or at a computer and typed away. But I did at one time work in air traffic control. And so that's about as close to, I mean, instead of a a cubicle, I had a a radar array with telecommunication devices, and we're all sharing a common space. And the thing about that job was uh, we had a union. And one of the things the unions had gotten for all of us was the absence of any kind of dress code. And I will say, to speak to what you guys are talking to, when I had you know, on-the-job instructors and, and site supervisors and sector supervisors, the guys that were wearing pants and a proper shirt were taken far more seriously. I had a hard time listening to a debriefing from a guy who looked like he was about to take off to the lake. And, I mean, shorts were the least of the problem. I mean, people looked like they literally rolled out of bed after a three-day bender and were, were sitting there working. I mean, I had one guy, like your instructor would sit right behind you and instruct you. And this guy used to snore behind me while he was actually supposed to be managing the 100 aircraft in the air that I was looking after, you know, giving me pointers and instruction. And every once in a while, he'd go, uh, did you, you gave a clearance to that guy? Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's fine. That's, that's... So, yeah, no, I, I hear what Chris is saying. Wait, so we have time. I want to hear more about how you started and then abandoned a career in air traffic control. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag sidebar. Let's get into it. What, how did you t- talk to me about this? I need more information about your air traffic, your brief stint in air traffic safety. All right. Well, when uh, just before turning 30, I was uh, just about finishing a degree program. I was kind of fed up with going to school. I was looking for something to do. I was a little lost. And the air traffic control opportunity came up. Uh, I applied. I did all this testing. I got through and it was a lucrative career. However, when they say that it's the most stressful job in the world, they're not kidding. And the thing about being inside something that's stressful is you don't realize it's as stressful as it is while you're in it. And I knew there was points where I was showing up to work where I had to put my hand on the door and talk myself into it. And I thought, I don't think I can do this for 25 more years. And so that was the impetus for my wife and I moving out here. We reevaluated where we were at, where we wanted to go, what our careers were going to look like. We were pregnant with our do- our first daughter at that time. So we just kind of reevaluated everything, and that's what prompted us to move out to a smaller city, start our own business, and, and, and build the life that we wanted. That that sounds like story. you made the right choice. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, I don't regret it for a second. It was a, I wouldn't be the same person today without the experience of it. Um, I'm glad that I did it and I went through it, but I, I've definitely made the right choice for me. The story of or the, the, the the stereotypic air traffic controller that stands out of my head is is from Die Hard Two, right? Like the guys with their shirt sleeves rolled up, sucking down coffee, chain smoking, and like <laughs> sweating profusely. Why are they, Why are there no lights in that room? <laughs> this is you a big gripe of mine, right? The dramatic lighting. You can't in see movies. the screen. You I can't know. see the. It's and and that and that radar thing goes around and around, and the dots come in and out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what it's like at all. Actually, I know. mostly, mostly it, it's it's to uh, uh, to deal with all the hangovers in the room. Nobody, it's very quiet in there, and it's very hushed. The, those guys live like rock stars. It, it's um, 
it's a lot of six days on, four days off, five days on, five days off. Everybody's fairly young. By the time you're, you know, mid-30s, you're out of, you know, the actual control job and doing teaching or instructing or other things. The burnout rate's really high. I imagine. I did a job briefly that was two weeks on, one week off, and it was uh, seven, 12-hour days for the two weeks that you're on. And when I was done, I was like, I'm never that. So that's not for me. Like, I'm never doing that again. Right. It's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Plus, we were in, like, the Arctic, like, literally on the on the Arctic Ocean. Um, and it just really wasn't – I wouldn't even call it a character-building experience. Just a really thing where I was like, wow, this is not where I belong. <laughs> I am – my talents are wasted here. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, I think that's our show for the evening. Our thanks to everyone who tuned in this week to the Two on Three pod. Our thanks to special guest Chris Meyer. Chris, why don't you tell us one more time all the great places we can find you on the internet? All right, you can reach me on Twitter. That's where I am the most at Chris Meyer BC. Uh, I would love it if you checked out the show I do with my wife that chimed in there. How was your week, honey? Uh, if you're into music, it's a little more of a sporadic release. It's kind of when I can get to it. But if you're into music, our liner notes. I've actually got a few episodes in the can, so don't worry. More stuff's coming out. And I just want to thank you guys for having me again. I really appreciate this. This is a lot of fun. Um, and Chris, I'd like to invite you, extend you the same invitation I gave to Ty. I'd love to have you on our liner notes sometime. Um, and for your listeners, you should check out Ty on our liner notes. That was a good episode. And we'd like to have both of you guys on How Was Your Week sometime. It's couples podcast, so you're, you're kind of like a couple. <laughs> we <So>. are <laughs> an odd couple. <laughs> so I mean. we'd love to have you on sometime. We'd love to come on, and I'd love to come on to our liner notes. Uh, you know, then we're going to talk about you know an hour and a half of on Bon Jovi, which would be great. Nice. I, mean, the... <laughs> <laughs> I will not be listening to that, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. All right. Well, thanks everyone. Please know that we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to listen to us talk. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. After all, that's how you get to come on. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more shenanigans. And until then, peace!